everybody. Welcome to the EquipCast. My name is Jim Jansen, and I'm your host. And I sit down with Archbishop George Lucas of Omaha today uh, here in the Archdiocese. Great conversation about Easter. He says, loves to give people the quiz, that if there were a one-question quiz on Christianity, what is the most important thing? It's that Jesus is alive. He talks about how we can bridge the distance uh, between what we know to be true and that application in our own lives. Tell some personal stories about what he gave up uh, for Lent and um, powerful experience on a pilgrimage that continues to shape his Easter. We talk a little bit about journey of faith and pastoral planning, um, some of the, the difficult decisions we've had to make and how we can bring the Easter mystery into that inviting Jesus uh, to be a part of our entire experience of faith, that Jesus offers us not just the cross, but the whole Paschal mystery, the cross and the resurrection. He also gives some really practical advice that when we find ourselves in circumstances uh, that we don't want, that we never would have chosen, how we can see our way through that and reconnect uh, with the Lord. It's a great conversation today, perfect for enjoying with chocolate or whatever you gave up for Easter. So go ahead and grab your treat and take a listen. Welcome to the EquipCast for the Archdiocese of Omaha. Designed to help leaders to transform their cultures, to embody the pastoral vision, to be one church, encountering Jesus, equipping disciples, and living mercy. Archbishop Lucas, welcome back to the EquipCast. How are you? I'm doing fine, Jim. Thanks very much for inviting me. Yeah, well, I'm really always happy to have these conversations. I think we're, this is maybe our second uh, in a row where I think we're kind of settling into a little bit of a tradition of uh, giving you a chance to talk about Easter together. So this is, I'm excited to do this. You really don't need much of an introduction. You're the Archbishop of Omaha, but I, I thought it'd be fun if maybe you could share with us just, you know, by way of introduction, maybe something about your personal faith journey that, that we might not already know. Good. So I was baptized and I was a year old, pardon me, a week old. And uh, so uh, my faith journey began then, I think, even though I didn't didn't realize it. So, it, and, and, you know, in some ways, not really uh, remarkable, not a lot of big uh, dramatic moments like St. Paul would have had, for example. Mm -hmm. But I, I was thinking, as we've been celebrating Lent, about um, trips I've been able to uh, make to the Holy Land, which have mm. been real privilege. And I just would share, you know, I, I had the chance to celebrate Mass in the uh, at the empty tomb of Jesus and to, you know, wow. visit Calvary, which I knew would be very important and dramatic moments. And they were, they, they didn't, didn't disappoint. But uh, especially on the first trip that I made, I had a, it was kind of a surprising moment of, um, I don't know, just kind of both a challenge and a, and a consolation, I, I think. We visited the, a church called St. Peter in Gallicantu. So it's the place of where the cock crowed, where, ah. where Peter denied Jesus. And it's all, it's built over the, the prison, which is really just a pit mm -hmm. where Jesus was held overnight before he was taken to Pilate in the yeah. morning on, uh, on on Good Friday. So I just remember it's a modern church, so there's nothing really um, – not, not, you don't see anything ancient except you're able to go down into the, into the pit. But, but it was just a, a very profound experience visiting there the first time. And I it could recall it when I, when, when I went back of, of just really being taken by the, by the denial of Peter, by his sin at that moment. Um, but then also just, you know, reflecting on, on my own. So it was, it was very sobering. 
uh, to, to think of my own betraying the Lord and my relationship with him in a variety of ways yeah. over many years, never totally running away, but but you know, plenty when you add it all up, <laughs> and yeah. but, but then also that just the you know the consolation of the Lord's uh, just feeling His presence very close as as He was close to Peter yeah. at the time of His yeah. denial, and it just felt Him you know very close to me then. So it, it it it's been a become kind of a paradigm for me for kind of my Lenten prayerfulness, you know, to be not afraid to look at my sins because I still have them, but then also realizing that 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 that's a place where the Lord wants to meet me yeah. and where he wants to meet, meet all of us and that he's th- those things that sort of confound me or that I'm ashamed of he's not ashamed of me and you know is is um is very present so that, that's helped really to make the the Lenten journey more meaningful of uh, for me and it was really as a result of the grace that I received at that at that place which is kind of an out of the way place you know it's yeah. not, it's not, yeah, one of not the, the main one of the main attractions you know of a trip to the yeah. holy land but it but it was a just again goes to show you uh, the, you know the lord comes looking for us and and you know is willing to reveal himself in mm-hmm. places where, where we're maybe kind of surprised and and, and in that case happy to, to to meet him yeah well and i i love the way you just talk about how not only did you have this surprise grace, but you've been able to return to it mm-hmm. and let it shape. Um, I remember the first time that concept was introduced to me and yeah, just being being able to lean into like a, a profound grace that I had experienced years ago and being able to return to it and still let it kind of nourish and guide me. That's, wow, that's really beautiful. Okay, what's one of your favorite things about being the Archbishop of Omaha? <laughs> Besides having these conversations with you, <laughs> yeah, you mean, I know. yeah. Um, I, that's a good. You know, I I don't have many things you know on a given day that I would that are that aren't my favorite. You know, I, that, that sounds kind of dumb. If everything's my favorite, then maybe nothing is. But but I I would say the one of the things I appreciate most is just the variety mm. of, of my ministry. And it's you know variety and you you know you just name the category. So you know we have uh, urban and rural parishes. We have people of all ages, of course. We have a, a variety of cultures and and then of course just uh, people at, at various places on on their own journey as we right. all, at, yeah. at, at, as as we all are. Some of that we can sort of plan for and and try to uh, offer support and whatever. But then there's always always surprises because I, I, and I'm. Maybe not so different from others. I, I often come in with my assumptions of of who I'm meeting with or what their experience is, and and if I'm halfway open to another idea besides the one that I have, you know, I find that there's something more beautiful, more rich there than than I you know that I would have anticipated. Yeah, little divine surprises. I remember. I think this was at Arch Omaha Unite. Um, it was the panel discussion. I think the. Uh, I think it was Calvin Mueller at the time, I think, but, you know, asked you, it's like, all right, Archbishop, what, how do you approach just, you know, bringing, I think it was bringing the Holy Spirit into your day. It's like, well, I talked to him at the beginning of the day about the people that I'm, that I'm going to see. And I, and I can, you know, I can see that, that habit. It stuck, it stuck with me and, uh, you know, tried to imitate it myself on, you know, on my drive in, drive into work. And it it stuck with me. It's like, when, when we let the Spirit kind of cue us up, he he gives us that that openness and that ability to notice something that we may not have expected, you know, an unexpected gift or grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes we can anticipate it, but but I think that the openness is a, 
preparation, I should say, for for something that I haven't anticipated, but yeah. I'm going to receive. Yeah, I have to confess, it's it's a the moment that I look at my phone during my prayer time in the morning because I have my calendar on it. <laughs> and just yeah. to recall um, what's at least scheduled for the day, there'll be, there'll be some uh, spontaneous things, of course, along the way. But. Yeah, yeah, th- those are the hard ones. Like, like, no, 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 I have something else planned for this time. <laughs> but wow, that's great. Thank you, thank you for sharing sharing that. Okay, so we want to, you know, as we want to talk a little bit about the Easter Easter mystery here. I thought it might be fun just to do a little exercise here. I, I'm pretty sure most of our most of the Equipcast listeners are pretty familiar <laughs> with Easter. They could tell the story, but maybe you know, with, with new eyes, imagining that there's someone who's never heard about Jesus, what would you share with someone uh, about Easter? I would have to set it up a little bit. So, you know, the, the Easter yeah. mystery is kind of the context. high point or the center of what we call the the kerygma, you know, the, the central yeah. mystery of God's loving plan of, uh, for us. So it, it, it's, and, but I can say it pretty briefly, there's lots more to say about it, but here we find ourselves at some distance from God. And I think it's almost everybody's experience that I feel like here I am down here in God's way up there somewhere. Yeah. And and there's there's distance and I can't bridge the, the the distance. And and we have come to understand that that distance is not God's design. It's because of our sinfulness, starting with Adam and Eve mm-hmm. and the, the collective and personal sins of, of humanity, including, including my own. So I'm at this distance from God, but that was never God's original uh, plan when he mm. uh, created us. We remember the intimacy he had with Adam and Eve in the garden. So God looks on us with great love and mercy. And rather than just sort of challenging us or ordering us to try to climb up to where he is, which would be impossible, he stoops to us and and yeah. gives us his uh, mercy, builds this bridge, you could say, but but it's it's done in a very personal way. Mm-hmm. So God has a plan for, for us to be reconciled to him and then to receive this eternal inheritance which is always his desire for us. He's created us for life, not for death. And God's saving method mm-hmm. is a person, his only son, Jesus Christ, who has taken on a human nature. He's human and divine both. He's the son of God and, and son of Mary. Come to live with us and we can, we read in the gospels about the life, the public ministry of, of Jesus. And the culmination of that is Jesus laying down his life for us on the cross mm-hmm. uh, as the clear sign of God's love for us sinners. It's nothing we could earn or or deserve. Jesus has, has entered into, he hasn't sinned himself, but he's uh, taken on the burden of sin and, and really the effect of sin, the ultimate effect of sin, which is death mm-hmm. and the suffering that led up to it. So it was a, it was a, a painful, humiliating uh, mm-hmm. death. But so then here, here we get to Easter, <laughs> but, but the central truth of our faith is Jesus is not dead now. He's yeah. alive. Uh, he's risen from the dead uh, as the Son of God. He's more powerful than the effects of all our sins, more powerful than death. He's risen from from the dead and now desires. It's the desire of, of his father, too, that, that that we share in that in that risen life. So the dead end that we've been on, you know, a life that that doesn't lead anywhere ultimately at mm-hmm. the end, uh, th- that dead end is open and, and the, the path to heaven is open for us through the power of, of Jesus' death and, and resurrection. We can talk more about about this as we go on, but the point of celebrating it is not simply to remember it, but to but to think of how we can enter into it. So to ask ourselves, yeah. okay, so what does that have to do with me? You know, it happened a long time ago. It really happened. It's important to know that it did. That Jesus really lived. He really died. He really right. rose from the dead in a particular place. That's 
why visiting the Holy Land can, right. can yeah, back really to your be story. important. It's not, it's not totally necessary for, for anybody, but it does help reinforce that reality. But so here, here we are in, in 2023, you know, what, what about us? We can answer that question, but the, but the, you know, to answer your, your kind of simple question, uh, Easter is the day that Jesus rose from the dead. That's uh, unique in all of human history that no, nothing like that ever happened. It's not, it never had happened before and it's not repeatable. Yeah. Jesus, the son of God conquered death, conquered the tomb and came back alive and lives now gloriously at the right hand of the father. You know, I've sometimes done this. So I've given talks to younger people or sometimes some years ago in confirmation homilies, you know, if, if I were going to give a, a one question quiz about, about Christianity, you know, what the question would be, what's the most important thing that we know, uh, most important thing we can know in, in this life. And, in my mind, it's my quiz. So in, in, in my mind, the answer is Jesus is alive. Yeah, that's that's great. I love that because there's so much in that fact. I mean, it just, you know, I, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about this, but just his giving his life for us isn't actually enough. I mean, that'd be very kind and very loving, but it's the, it's the no, he gives himself for us. And it's like, if you could conceive of, you know, death as a monster, he lets the monster eat him and then he destroys it from the inside, mm -hmm. you know? And, and that, yeah, the, the fact that he's alive not only has a whole bunch of, you know, the, theoretical ramifications, it has real practical ones for, for me today, mm -hmm. for how I, how I live. Yeah, it's uh, the il illustration, the proof, however we want to say it, uh, that, that Jesus is who he says he is. Yeah. So you know, as we as we learn about him in the gospel, so as somebody maybe who doesn't know much about Jesus, if we take time to really listen to his words and uh, uh, watch his actions in the gospel, it's very clear that he claims to be the Son of God, yeah. and, and that he claims to act with the power and the authority of God. Right, which is part of the reason he got killed. Right, that that didn't go over well. No, because <laughs> it's, I mean, it's it's a in many ways an outrageous claim, and for a, a religious person, someone who loves God and trying to serve God, it sounded blasphemous. Yeah. Which which was very offensive to pious ears and to, and to pious hearts. So Jesus has made this claim and either he's a liar or, or you know de delusional or what he's telling us is true and then we need to pay attention to him. Yeah. And, and listen to him and, and put our faith in him. And so the resurrection is the the demonstration that what he Claims about himself is is true because only God could have power over death. Yeah, and and it goes way beyond. It's like he's not just a good guy with a lot of advice. He's a good guy with a lot of advice who conquered death. And I, yeah, I love what you said earlier. Like nobody's ever done that. <laughs> so so, the, so we can conclude that that advice is true. Yeah, you and, can trust and, it and good yeah. for us. You know, so that that uh, uh, what Jesus has in mind. For us, as the living Son of God, is all good. Yeah, because that's what we understand about God Himself. It's how, it's how Jesus reveals the nature, the goodness of God Himself in His own right. actions, in His own words, the way that, that that He lived, and then we can put faith in it because of the resurrection, because right. of Easter. But I mean, but it, at least for myself, I find some of what Jesus teaches to be hard. <laughs> some of it doesn't make sense. You're, you're the only one. I know. Okay, good. good. Are, are just <laughs> <laughs> but like, falling in line pretty Yeah, pretty it's like, easily. gosh, like sometimes it doesn't make sense. I'm like, I actually don't believe this and wouldn't were it not for the fact that the guy who said it rose from the dead. 
and he has this kind of certificate of authenticity that changes the way I uh, respond to his teaching. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it can be uh, when he teaches his disciples to pray and offers that to us, uh, telling us that we can call God our Father, we can yeah. believe that. If, if he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, we can believe that. It doesn't, that's one of the things that's sometimes hard to believe. But blessed, <laughs> blessed are those who mourn or who, who are persecuted. Yeah, yeah, amen. If, if he can, if he tells us, this is my body, this is my blood, we can believe it. So there's a number of levels of kind of seriousness. You might, I, I, seriousness isn't the right word, but, you know, um, levels of importance, uh, yeah. things more central in our faith and maybe more peripheral. But Jesus is not playing with us, you know, and not giving us bad advice or, or in any way misleading. Yeah, misleading us. It's um, that's true. So as as you say, you know, some some of these things things are hard to believe. So as we wrestle with them, one of the ways that that we that I find, uh, so I'm just speak for myself. I find that I can sort of settle the the doubt or the question is by spending more time with Jesus and, and yeah. you know listening to more of what He teaches uh, uh, or what He or more of what He's asking of me or, or think more about what He's offered me. And then there's a context for this struggle, and ultimately, often, I say, well, I'm, I understand that this is what's being asked of me, and since you're the one that's asking, Jesus, I'm going to do my best. Yeah. Ah, that's great. So you mentioned a little bit ago that, you know, okay, celebrating Easter is, is, is this, like, we're, we're celebrating this because we're trying to draw this mystery, you know, the, the fact that he is alive more deeply into our you know, into our lives. You celebrated Easter a few times. Um, I think if I've got the if I've got the numbers right, over twenty five times just as a bishop. This will be the twenty fourth. Twenty fourth. Okay, so not not quite there yet. Twenty four times uh, as a bishop. How do we come to Easter with new eyes, right? To really appreciate the mystery and start to to let it show forth in our lives. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a good question. So I, I I think that maybe the obvious thing would be to commit to, to celebrating. Uh, with our parish communities, the liturgies of Holy Week. Mm, yeah. So there's other way, more remote ways, you know, we can prepare during Lent, but they're unique liturgies, we might say, and and very powerful. There's something yeah. there for us as a community, also something there for us for us personally. And each of us is on a different spot, in a different spot in our journey of faith than, mm -hmm. than we were a year ago or 10 years ago, even, even though, as you say, we celebrated Easter many times we celebrate it year after year, but it's part of the church's wisdom. To understand that you know where life goes on, you know, and and keeps throwing things at us, and yeah. um, so we we have uh, different blessings, different challenges. So so to to be there, to kind of show up. I think you know that would be my first encouragement. Yeah, to, to show up on on um, for Palm Sunday, uh, we celebrate the Chrism Mass the next day. That's a beautiful liturgy. Also, it's mm -hmm. it's traditionally celebrated in Holy Week. It's a little different tone from sort of reliving the passion and death of Jesus, but everybody's welcome at the cathedral on that Monday morning. But then to, to celebrate the liturgy of the Lord's Supper and of the Lord's Passion. And then, you know, some uh, liturgy that's, I think, scares some people off, sadly, the, the Easter Vigil, it's long uh, mm -hmm. by, you know, my nor sort of normal standards of, of the time we spend in church, but 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 beautiful. And yeah. it has right at its center the initiation of some new some new members, but if not that, you know, Easter Sunday morning. So the, the ceremonies are beautiful. Most parishes do their very best to try to make mm -hmm. the the experience a prayerful, joyful one for for you know for those who uh, 
those who attend. So that, that would be the first thing. Yeah. Secondly, I think, you know, to, to in each of the four Gospels, we have the, the account of the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And that's, you know, pick one. We're reading in the liturgy this year at church, we're using St. Matthew's Gospel, but any of them, the, the passion from Matthew will be read on uh, Palm Sunday and then all, mm-hmm. you know, always on Good Friday, it's from St. John. But uh, anybody can understand that. And so we just work, again, wherever we are, whoever we are, mm-hmm. we can take a few paragraphs of that at a time or a chapter yeah. a day or something leading up to that or, or, or uh, during uh, during Holy Week. You know, the scriptures are the living word of God. So we meet the risen Jesus there. We can believe really that's him talking to me. Mm-hmm. He's proclaimed, that word is proclaimed when we're in the church, but we can open our Bibles and and the, the Lord is with us there too. Yeah, I, I, I mean, as I, you know, celebrate Easter, hopefully with more de- devotion, but I have a few more under under my belt. The routine of it, and that's not even the right word. I should say the familiarity helps me get deeper into the mystery. You know, it's like, oh, I've heard this story, except for I really haven't, or at least I had, I never heard that. And I, I never really, and and just the the liturgies themselves, and the the you know the the gospel narratives, the repetition, boy, is needed. You know, we don't do a lot of that in our education anymore. But they used you know, they used to say repetition is the mother of all learning, and I can see it as I'm trying to get my mind and my heart wrapped around Easter. Yeah, as I said before, that's it's a unique event in all, in all of human history. So even though we repeat the celebration of it because it's it, it's unique, it's worth encountering again and yeah and, and and lingering over in our lives many of us are, they're noisy and kind of cluttered and the the liturgies of uh holy week especially that, that, that liturgy can do this always but it, those liturgies in, in particular uh, help us hit pause and really take time because they do take a little extra time and invite a little more reflection yeah it, it, it enable us i think to go deeper we'll, we'll eventually get back to, to normal life uh, we, but, right, the, but yeah. this is a, a way of helping us understand from where we've come and then then have a context for moving ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really is too much to take in, in one kind of in one sitting. Yeah. We need the repetition. I want to talk a, a little bit. I think, you know, part of the repetition, I mean, it seems like one of the central facets of the, of the mystery is hope, you know, just, just, just that it changes the way we live. It changes our hope because we see, you know, what the uh, what has been offered to us. Uh, you see that Jesus is really who He says He is, and we can trust Him. I mean, I'm going to go out on a, on a limb here and say that you know, being a priest, being a bishop, an archbishop, probably not immune to discouragement. What are you personally finding uh, hope in the Easter mystery this year? Won't surprise you if I say, you know, we're we're on this journey of faith together in in our archdiocese, and it involves some management, some structural yeah. uh, questions to deal with, uh, you know, with current realities of of population, of number of priests, and and so forth. But um, from the very beginning, before we embarked on this on this journey, we had already been working towards a goal. Of uh, our parishes becoming missional communities, we have a we have a vision for our archdiocese that we've been yeah. living with, articulating, trying to pull apart. And and as much as anything, that's it's it's where we believe the Lord is leading us. Yeah, the kind of church, the kind of people He desires us uh, to be. 
uh, the the grace he ex, uh, wants us to experience more. So I find all that very very hopeful. Th mm -hmm. There are um, you know plenty of things that discourage us in the in the world around us, and I and I, there's things in, within me that, that discourage me. So, um, <laughs> frankly, yeah, sometimes but, those are the worst. <laughs> yeah, well, it all it piles up, you know. But I um, have just you know in these sort of later years as a bishop, you might say, re really found new uh, encouragement and and new hope in in. What I hear is a sort of a renewed uh, invitation from the Lord to to not give in to yeah. discouragement and and to not see uh, that diminishment is the is God's plan for us or just sort of what we're stuck with. Again, as we listen to Jesus, His mm -hmm. images, His challenges are all about abundance, uh, you know, about uh, yeah. an abundant life. Yeah. Even here, about abundant trust, abundant forgiveness. That you know you. Name it. You can put that answer yeah. in, in front of it, and it's it, it's typical of the of the life and the ministry, the preaching of of uh, of Jesus. So I'm find a great deal of hope in that. And I I mean, it wouldn't be true. There wouldn't be any hope, and and I wouldn't be experiencing it if I didn't if I wasn't really focused on this truth that Jesus is alive. Yeah. And 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 his commitment to be with us in the church. So the the church is that we see as the body of the risen Jesus. We're, that we're incorporated into through initiation, but this isn't—you know—it's not a shriveled up old body, and it's not—it's right. not yeah. a, a living organism that's it's on its way to eternal death. But we're on the pilgrimage that that ends in eternal life. Yeah. Well, I love you know the Easter readings as we enter into the Easter season after we get you know kind of past like the the initial kind of like you know the the tomb being empty. Right away, we're into Acts of the Apostles, and we get to hear this, all these stories that show us what the church looks like. And it's this, it's this abundance again. It seems like you know, the biggest, the biggest problem that the early church have is, oh my, what, what do we do with all these people? Because I've been mean, just, you know, 5,000, 6,000, all of the uh, people entering the church because of the hope and the preaching and the, in some ways, the message of Easter that's being proclaimed by the apostles. Um, and that's us, right? That's that's who we are. That's our church, right? And so the the um, beginning with the acts of the, the apostles, we learn what the church looks like, but we also what learn what the what the church is for. You know what? Why have one? You know, <laughs> yeah. Why, why have a church? And, but, and yes. this is it's a great question, which for which we have an answer. Uh, it, it takes us again right back to, to kind of I think where we started our, our our conversation. So Jesus has established the church so that we can encounter Him. Yeah. In our time and and place, so, so that we don't just have a memory. We do have a memory of the of the death and resurrection of Jesus. It's a living memory in the church, but but it, mm -hmm. it's not only a memory. Uh, we encounter the risen Jesus in, in in our life together in the church. You not only learn about him, but we get to know him, and, yeah. and he makes himself known to us and makes the power of his resurrection present uh, for us. In our particular circumstances, so we experience that in a, in a corporate way. Although it touches us personally in the, in the sacraments, mm -hmm. so it's it's in the sacraments particularly where the the power of the Paschal mystery, the death and resurrection of Jesus, gets applied to me and you at particular points yeah. on, on on our journey. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, we encounter Jesus in other ways too, and those are are different but really crucial to our. Really desiring the sacraments, I think, but but really mm. crucial to our our growth as as disciples, and this is really the action of the Holy Spirit, and we see it in the mm -hmm. Acts of the Apostles uh, uh, right right away. People are not only being kind of turned on by the news of the the death and, and resurrection of Jesus, but are being invited into a 
living relationship with him and and their they experience that, that, that that's real yeah that, that it's not it's not a pious imagination it's it's not a cultic uh, following of of somebody or mm-hmm. somebody's some idea or, or whatever but the living jesus the, the risen jesus is 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 here for for me he's looking for me he makes himself available to me and the, and the holy spirit helps us access that yeah you know, you you mentioned just the the context here. You know that we're experiencing the archdiocese as we as we enter into pastoral planning. As you know, we we head out on this this journey of faith. I mean, you know, many of us um, individually, corporately, found ourselves in situations where we would have preferred to not have to make some of the hard decisions we did. You know, that if we're if we're back to the Paschal mystery, we spent a while in the garden. It's like, oh, Father, you know, if it's possible, let this cup pass me by. What would you like to say to those, you know, who experienced some of those those challenges, who are now kind of approaching the implementation of those changes in their parishes? What do you want to say to, to them as they begin to step forward now into some of these new experiences of faith? That maybe they didn't choose. Yeah. So not, none of us chose the experience of faith. You know, the, the Lord offered it, has offered it to us, and it's always His invitation and, and His His initiative. So we have to be careful not to try to contain it too much or, or tame it. Uh, you, you, you might say, and, and I'm, that's not a judgment against anybody. We we all tend to do that. We, we want to yeah. settle into to a comfortable way of of living and practicing our faith. And the, the the truth is, the Lord always wants to offer us more. And he's also asking more of us, you know, as 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 our yeah. as our own journey of faith corporately and in, individually goes on. So we have had to stir things up a little bit, not mm-hmm. simply to invite people into the Paschal mystery of suffering, so that we can, you know, right. come to know the joy of right. the resurrection more. But there is some suffering in it, and I, I acknowledge that, and I don't take it take it lightly. At the same time, the, the encouragement for all of us is really to focus on the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to listen to his voice, to listen to his word, and to really, again, ask ourselves at, at this point, maybe it's a challenging moment for mm-hmm. us or for, for our parish, what's Jesus offering me right now? Because he's not absent from this moment. Yeah. And, yeah. and he's not sort of on the run or turning his back on us or, or anything. He's very present with his risen power, with his glory, with his abundance. So what's, what's he offering? Mm-hmm. And then what's he asking? Of, of us, because that's those are sort of the two sides of the discipleship coin. Jesus yeah. is always offering us something. He's, he's first of all offering us his friendship, offering us a relationship with him. So, uh, uh, how is he inviting us to experience that in maybe different circumstances? So, maybe with a larger community of people, or maybe even a, in a different place or a different time on uh, on the weekend. That we think, well, you know, why can't he just leave me alone? What's wrong with with eight o'clock? <laughs> but 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 we. You know the circumstances of, of our lives are provides the context for our meeting with with the Lord. So there, you know, some circumstances are more important than others, but none of them are are, are useless and you know sort of out of yeah. the, the, the range of the of the Lord. But then also, what can I bring? So if I've um, had the experience of of being part of a parish my whole life and being at a church building that that I love, and maybe I, my ancestors helped help build it, you know, so that's all that's all been given to me. You know that's not my my doing. It's all been given to me. Well, so what can I bring? So what am I being asked? Mm-hmm. You might say in return for all of that, and maybe what can I bring to another, to a neighboring parish community, or to, to some others who who may not have experienced that? And, and then maybe can I 
maybe they'll be bringing something and and we, we can recognize a multiplicity of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in a way that that we haven't haven't done before. It happened already in the Acts of the Apostles and it, it can happen to any of us that we just kind of get static in our um, in our yeah. practice of the faith and it becomes part of our routine, which isn't a bad thing. But we but we're sort of dulled to the, I'm afraid, to the action of the Holy Spirit, to the new thing that Jesus might want to be offering us or are asking of, of us. Mm -hmm. This has to be at the center of our journey of faith in the Archdiocese. And I really offer this as uh, as encouragement, as a challenge to people in every parish, whether in the, you're in the biggest parish or the smallest one, it affects us a, a little bit differently. Um, but so, so our circumstances are different, but it's the same Lord. Mm -hmm. And um, he's he has more to show us than, than we've seen so far. You know, I really appreciate I think that advice, you're like, well, what you know, what is what is Jesus offering? What is he asking? In some ways, it's it's kind of, you know, it's kind of like we've come full circle in that I think the unspoken lie that makes, you know, changes or circumstances that we don't like even more difficult is the God's not in this. You know, th this somehow caught the Lord off guard, which is <laughs> <laughs> which is r ridiculous when you say it out loud, but that's, at least for me, that's where I find myself when I'm in a place of discouragement or circumstances that I don't like. I somehow imagine that he's not there. When in fact, one of the central mysteries, here we are in, in Easter, is like, no, he he is here. He's alive. And he's offering me something. And he's in, inviting me to, to something more. He's mm -hmm. asking something. Yeah, I mean, we're in this uncomfortable and in some ways sad time of of diminishment in you know in the in the experience or the practice of faith right. in our Just, country, and our archdiocese isn't uh, immune from that. So we know that there are fewer people who are participating in mass on the weekend, fewer mm -hmm. Catholic marriages, fewer baptisms. Um, so many families who love our Catholic schools don't. Don't feel called to be part of the church or to give anything to the church beyond that. Again, I, this isn't a judgment against anyone. We're just this is where we are. This is you know, you know so so we're in this. So we think you know in the in the this season especially of the diminishment of the self sacrifice of Jesus in his suffering and, and death. Mm -hmm. Even before that, in in his uh, taking on human nature, you know, and, and sharing mm -hmm. our limitations, our well, our our weaknesses, and we know that those. You know that that he, in the end, isn't defined by, by diminishment, but he, yeah. he enters into it, conscious of of offering a, a pleasing sacrifice to his heavenly Father, and then through that experiences the glory of of the resurrection. And that's what he offers to us. He offers us the whole Paschal mystery, not just the cross, but he does offer the cross. So the, the cross is real. He tells us to. We should take it up day by day. He never promises that it's all going to be pleasant or or easy. Quite the opposite. If we're paying attention, we, we know that <laughs> yeah. that sacrifice and and willingly giving up something that that is comfortable or yeah that we're, that we're used to for uh, you know in response to the Lord's invitation and, and in union with Him that that's going to lead us to glory. But we don't necessarily taste the. The sacrifice and the glory all on the same day. You know, we that's it's a it's a journey. Yeah. It's a passage from death to life that that we experience with, uh, with with the Lord. But that really is at the at the center of the of the Easter mystery, the the, the mm -hmm. Paschal mystery, and it is for us. We're invited into it, and we're invited to experience the whole thing. 
not simply the the joy of I should say simply, but not only the joy of Easter. Yeah. Thank you. That's great. I mean, I'm still like just like Jesus invites us. That phrase you shared, I'm still uh, stuck on that, right? Jesus invites us to the whole Paschal mystery, the cross and the resurrection. You know, and sometimes we think we're only being offered the cross, but it's like, well, hang, hang on, there's a resurrection coming. Or sometimes we only want to cling to the resurrection, but we know that there's a there's an invitation to the cross that precedes that. You know, you don't want the cross, uh, you're, you're not alone. So n- <laughs> nobody really wants yeah. it. And when Jesus prayed in the garden the night before his death, he prayed that it could pass. In, in his human nature, it's, it's the most normal thing to want. Yeah, he didn't to, want to, it either. To not to have to suffer. So yeah. there's nothing abnormal about that. There's nothing unholy about it. But if we're going to really allow ourselves to be identified with, with Jesus more fully, and really to experience the, the power and the joy of the resurrection, that has to be also part of our experience, and we have to embrace it. We don't have to like it, um, you know, in the, yeah. in the way we, you know, like ice cream. But, <laughs> but, but, we, but we have to see it as, again, as part of the Christian journey. Again, the blessing of, of life in the church is that we're not doing, doing it alone. Yeah, we're in a in a community of, of believers who are walking with us, helping helping us. We hope helping one another carry the, the cross at a given moment, and continuing to proclaim the the promise of the resurrection. Yeah, that's fantastic. Our, our time has gone so fast. You know, as we enter into the Easter season, you, you talk about sometimes we that you mentioned we'll, we'll intentionally embrace sacrifices of our choosing to prepare us. You know, it's kind of a deep Catholic tradition to give up something for Lent and then to be able to enjoy that for the Easter season. Uh, is there anything in, in particular you're going to be enjoying this Easter season now after, after having <laughs> set, set it aside for Lent? <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm, I'm uh, trying to avoid eating between meals. I don't eat a ton anyway every day, but I do, if I see something, <laughs> you know, uh, along the way during the day, I like to to pick at it or enjoy it, but particularly if it's sweet. Um, so I've been trying to avoid that uh, uh, during during Lent. Just to, again, it's a reminder. Yeah, just a little. Me, a yeah, a little, uh, a little reminder. Yeah, so I'll I'll enjoy that at least uh, at least for a while. Yeah. So yeah, folks, stop by the the chancery. We'll more likely to see the Archbishop at the at the candy bowl or the <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the That's snack right. station. That's great. Well. Archbishop, thank you for your thank you for your time. Thank you for your minute ministry. You know, I, the hope that we we talk about uh, in in Easter, I see that in you. I mean, you know, the other the you know, the challenges that the church face. I mean, we do kind of find ourselves, you know, largely in in an age where we could easily believe that there that there's only diminishment that's being offered to us. Um, but I appreciate your your example and your continued reminder. Uh, that that the Lord is here and that He's He's offering and He's inviting something. So thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for this opportunity to to uh, preach the Paschal mystery. Yeah. All right, everybody. So you know somebody who needs to hear this. Uh, maybe somebody needs permission now to start. No, I don't think anybody needs permission to start uh, snacking between between meals. But really, just to, the the reminder that the Lord offers us the whole. Uh, Paschal mystery, the cross and the resurrection. So happy Easter and uh, share this out with someone who needs to hear it. God bless everybody. Mm-hmm.